opening crawl. A long time ago, three friends talked about recording a show, a podcast in which they could feel truly free to discuss tons of nerdy stuff passionately, like dragons, time travel, robots, and clones, mutants, time travel, board games, and thrones, aliens, wizards, time travel, zombies, zombies that time travel? You betcha, Dobby. Comic-Con, steampunk, parallel worlds, Mega Man, Hearthstone, but no sports or girls. So red pill or blue pill, now that you know, we'd like to welcome you to the Cast Springer Show! Introducing your hosts, Chris, Harry Potter, singer, Pat, Hunger Games, singer, and Randy, Maze Runner, Sapphire. Cast Bringers! Hello! Hello! Hello, Hello. Hello. and welcome everyone. We're all getting in on it this week. I love it. Hey guys, welcome to Cast Bringers. Chris, Randy, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, we're here. Tossing it out there. We are. We're here. We're talking. It's great. Uh, Chris, how have you been? What have you been nerding out on? Two, two big toes up on this end. All right, you're doing no. great. Wait, mm-hmm. but no thumbs, just toes. Big toes though. <laughs> but that's thumbs like of the thumb. toe, thumbs of the foot. But so it's not. I think four. we've discussed this before. We have. We've done this. Before. Yeah, I think so. Randy, yeah, it doesn't get old though. Randy, two thumbs, two toes, four. I'm doing okay. I think I've had better weeks. You guys will probably find out why in a little bit, but I'm doing okay, we'll say. Are you so stuck that like- on that Star Wars game again, the third boss? So I haven't played it in a week, even though I think about playing it every day, and then I just <laughs> realize I'm stuck on that boss. Now, I think I could put the level down to easier, but that feels like cheating, so I just haven't played it, but I really want to. It is the worst feeling in a video game when, like, you start to go play it, and then you're like, "Wait, but I'm at this one part that's like super hard that I can't beat," and I just immediately kills your mood and try and play it. I, that's happened to me before too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I three quarters of the Final Fantasy franchise feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> that does, yeah. So, so Randy, will we say that it's like one thumb, one toe? I'd go with one thumb, one toe. Yeah. All right. Sounds Wait, good. I thought toes were good. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah. So then, Randy, is the toe equal to a thumb? Thumbs are bad, I think. Toes are good. So one thumb, one toe. Kind of in between. Oh, so two toes is good. Because I'm feeling great, guys. Podcasting. We're recording. I will say I'm probably at, like, uh, not as as even keeled as, like, one thumb, one toe. But it's, like, a thumb. Or it's, like, a full toe and then, like, a thumb. But the guy had his thumb cut off partway. Like, half a thumb. I'm like what, one is it actively bleeding. Maybe because that would be really bad. Then I how mean... many how many ears are you? Are you two ears? Are you one ear like Neil Blomkamp because he got one cut off while filming Halo? Are you no ears? I mean, how many ears? Ears? Oh, I have both ears. Guys, I only brought that up to talk about Halo and Neil Blomkamp getting his ear chopped off riding a warthog filming the movie. That is insane. But uh, eh. I mean, I think I got that ear? right. It doesn't. He has a prosthetic ear now because of it. The guy who made District Nine. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's also though made some real whiffs since District Nine. So chat So apparently, did you did you guys see that he was gonna do the next Alien movie in the franchise in the franchise? And his now quote is, "Well, maybe Ridley Scott saw Chappie and decided not to let me do Alien." <laughs> <laughs> then, 
So he just released some other movie though that is like uh, I forget horror flick, right? Yeah, yeah demonic so or something like that. And it's it's supposed to be just terrible. Yeah. Did he do? Bad. Did he do the one where Matt Damon goes into space to cure his cancer too? Yes. Elysium. Elysium. Yeah. That one wasn't that great either. No, I didn't think Elysium was that bad. It, I he, didn't think it was as good as District Nine. I think I think part of part of his problem is he's like, oh, look. There's a giant plot hole that people can drive trucks through. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> I think the other, he's essentially made the same movie like four times. He just like slightly changes yeah. one aspect. Oh, instead of aliens, let's have him have cancer and he needs to go to space. Yeah, instead of like, cancer and going to space, let's just make it a robot. <laughs> that was I mean, one way to explain what Pat meant, but. Yeah. <laughs> no, he nailed it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. I'm Let's... doing much better now, actually, guys. Thanks. <laughs> well, you're recording. You're hanging with your buds. Nothing the better. And that's some laughs. Nothing better. Love it. So, Randy, what have you been nerding out on this week? Okay. I have been nerding out on... Oh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I went to bring up the list, and I clicked on uh, MTG Arena by accident. So... Oh. Well, I'm nerding out on that. Finish that game. We can wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to start it first. I've been nerding out on uh, Wheel of Time. I don't know. Do you want me to just keep saying it every week? Or we'll just assume. Yep. Continue I'm gonna, uh, I, you're going to have to give me a chapter update every week. You, on, you were on four last week, so you're on five and a half now? No, I was wrong, actually. I think I'm on like 12 now. So Whoa. I think I was on like eight Ooh. last week. I, I thought of it wrong. I, again, I'm trying to do two a day. Sometimes I miss a day. Uh, it's Chris, you're right. It's slow, but it's good. Like it, it's a good slow burn. Like yeah. I like it. I really do. Um, and there's so many like allusions to stuff in the, in the mythology that they don't talk about really. So I feel like the world is big, but they haven't really gotten there yet. Yep. Um, so I watched, uh, so I've been playing Call of Duty. Me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we lost Randy. Randy, you're out. Randy, your mic's out. Technical difficulties. I don't think he can hear us. He can't. <laughs> He's still talking. Is he pretending? Or is he really talking? I don't know. But it's crazy. And we I should probably it. type into the notes that, Randy, we can't hear you. Yeah, but now he's getting it because he's saying, <laughs> oh, yep. no, oh, no. Great radio. Panic. Commentating what we see on Randy's Zoom. Also, did you panic call, on his face. Did you call this radio? Can you guys? Yeah. Wait, we had him and we lost him again. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Better, Can you guys hear me? He's back. We're having some technical difficulties. Where did I drop off at? Reservation Dogs? No, way before that. Call of Duty. You were talking about Wheel of Time. Oh, no. All right, we'll do this quick. Uh, Call of Duty beat Mauder Toten. Um, yes. The crazy lady at the end, me and superfan Baja beat it. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Nice. Uh, a lot of screaming at the end at midnight and hope it didn't wake my neighbors. Uh, also watching Reservation Dogs on FX, the Taiki Watiti. I think that's how you say his yeah. name. Did you guys see this yet? It's so I've heard good. about it. It's on my list to watch so, next yeah it's uh it's serious with funny um not really nerdy but taiki watiti's nerdy so i figure that counts um 
Diablo 2, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I love and hate the game. There's no instruction booklets anymore for games, so I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and some things work, some things don't work, so I'm going to need some help on that. Uh, and then going along, I see this on Pat's list also, the No Way Home trailer. Pat, you want to, yes. what do you, what'd you think? Spider-Man, uh, we, we're diving in this now. I, I loved it. I chills. Super, Did you get chills? Super pumped. I cannot wait. I, just want I didn't know they cast Spider-Man into the Inception trailer. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene that looks just like that. You're right, Chris. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it was it was awesome. It's exciting. Christopher Nolan doing Spider-Man. Too much time stuff. Yeah, I don't think he'd like it. But uh, Chris, what have you been nerding out on? Uh, well, guys, I finished Foundry Side, and I started this next book, Shorefall. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Can you tell me what happens at the end? Because I never finished it. You want to know? Super spoiler. It actually has a decent ending. Does it? Mm-hmm. no i don't want to know it's fine it's worth it okay uh i've been trying to finish sweet tooth i just haven't had a chance to watch it it's i'm up i'm up episode five ish and it's really good um got done a lot of mobile gaming again let's see uh marvel uh future revolution came out what was it two days ago now and i'm loving it Mm-hmm. um i think even yes wasn't it yesterday at this point i don't think it was too i don't i don't even remember I've, yeah. I've been lost in the future of revolutions my time is is my dimensions are merging it's like for a long time i've always said you should just have to get pick your superhero and your upgrades are the different costumes that you get and when you get all you know you can unlock different costumes and that's your gear and make it like a Diablo style, which is kind of what it is, but just converted to mobile. So, Pat, I was talking to you a little bit. What are your thoughts on Future Revolution? It's it's one of the better mobile games, but mm-hmm. it's still, I don't know. I So, you I also hate it. mobile games. I do. What if this game was upscaled to be on a console? I would probably play it a lot. Yes, that is correct. You would. It is really fun game um we're putting together a cast bringers alliance i think it's called in this game guild guild yeah alliance. i think it's alliance whatever squad squad castanets if you're out there join the uh hail hydra one server and look up cast bringers is actually my character name because i thought i was creating the alliance (laughs) but it turned out to be my character so (laughs) Uh, I think the alliance is actually named Warthog Express. <laughs> hey, so it's going to be real easy to together, find. Put together by our run by our executive producer, Superfan Nick. So, guys, can I still join this? Oh yeah. No. no. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> actually, Randy's out. I only, missed only all three. the messages today. I read them, <laughs> and I find like, oh my god, this group is talking about nerdy stuff. This is awesome. <laughs> I want to get in on this. So, Randy, one more mobile game surprise I was saving last for you. Not sure if you're aware of this. There is a freemium game based on a uh, property that is one of your favorites. Its name is Mega Man X Dive. What? 
and oh, you go this. around collecting different Mega Men and getting the bat boss's weapons and playing through Mega Man stages, all the different stages from Mega Man 1 through Mega Man X3. So Sorry, I'm not paying attention anymore. I'm trying to find it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found it. Oh, man. Install. Hey, guys, you guys can handle the rest of the show on your own, right? Yeah, we'll figure it out. But you're, supposed to be, you're also supposed to install Future Revolution. I know. Oh, well, apparently this game is small enough where it's going to fit on my phone. So this is great. I was a, a huge uh, Marvel Future Fight player, and this Future Revolution is the sequel to it. Um, so I like it. Nice. That's Chris, really... if it's on my phone, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> hey, we haven't hit the explicit box in a while. That's going to be, got to remember to knock that one. Wait till we get to the killing blow. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, how, how have you been? What have you been up to? Well, I, actually very similar to a lot of what you guys have said, just a lot of crossover this week. Uh, so I was, the Diablo 2 Resurrected beta was going on. So like Randy, I was playing that. Um, for TV, I finished Mayor of Easttown, which was an awesome show on HBO. Um, I just finished that last night. Um, also been playing some Hearthstone Battlegrounds, doing my, watching my couple of the Twitch streamers that I follow, um, playing Marvel Future Revolutions, Nino Cooney, and uh, the Spider-Man trailer, which we already got into, was so good. I'm so excited for that movie. I can't wait. It was awesome. Um, Randy, you just added Matrix 4 trailer to your list. Guys, Tell us. I added a few things. Uh, so I, like I don't know if you saw, it was CinemaCon had some uh, trailers they put out and movies. So I think Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's getting really good reviews. They're saying this is the nostalgia movie that everybody wanted um matrix 4 trailers getting amazing reviews for the trailer people are saying it looks awesome but i can't can't find it online because it was at a con uh i also read two comic books so i sent out a text to fellow cast bringers pat and chris guys i need a new comic to read um by the time they got back to me i had already found one called the woods and i wish i'd waited because i'm not a big fan of it uh <laughs> but i but then i got hooked into the story and i was like i want to know what happens and then I found Usagi Yojimbo, mm -hmm. and I started reading that, and I do like that. That one is definitely interesting and good. So I'm, I'm reading that right now. Thanks to you, Pat. Nice. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for what we've been nerding out on. So let's dive into the multi-strike. All right, Randy, what, uh, what article did you bring us this week? James McAvoy was so hooked on oblivion, he had to burn the disc. And then the sub, the subtext says, nobody tell him about Skyrim for the love of God. So right away, I was like, I got to click on this article. Um, he was filming uh, the period drama Becoming Jane with Anne Hathaway. And so, quote, he says, I'm like having to go to bed at 10 p.m. because I'm getting up at 6 a.m. every morning. I've got tons of lines, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just staying up until four in the morning, just playing Oblivion. He said it came to a head when he pulled an all-nighter that ended at 5.35 a.m. 10 minutes before a car arrived and taken him to set. So he just took the disc out, um, turned on his gas stove, singed and melted it, and was like, all right, we're done, never again. So <laughs> sounds like he's kind of a nerd, maybe? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, 
I think earlier in the article he talked about like a lot of his favorite games and I was reading that list. I was just like, I love every one of these games. So <laughs> it sounds like I just want to hang out with James McAvoy. <laughs> when he has to burn the disc to make sure he never plays it again. That's awesome. It's funny that you picked that article. You you picked you posted the one from PC Gamer. I read it on a different site. I don't even know what site I read it on. Um he was thinking the same thing and then I was scrolling a little through the comments and it was one of the comments goes oh no nobody tell them about digital downloads now <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, my I think my favorite part is that in the article has nothing to do with this this is how nerdy the writer probably was he said funnily enough within four years McAvoy would be playing Professor X the role initiated by Patrick Stewart who played Emperor Uriel Septim the seventh in oblivion like he just wanted to make that connection between <laughs> you know just a super nerdy connection i loved it six degrees of nerddom yeah <laughs> it, uh, i mean i i also i can i can sympathize with mcavoy because like those games especially are so easy just to like all of a sudden you blink and you're like i've been playing this for six seven hours and like where did the time go like it just everything in that in those games i feel like takes a long time and Mm -hmm. you need a good chunk of time to get stuff done in it so i get it yeah and he said that he's and so now he's playing call of duty Warzone. and i related to this he said during the pandemic me and my boys were all 40 something dudes with gray hair bald spots and all sorts of bleep we now talk every two or three nights playing Warzone, and we talk about life love and everything while absolutely getting annihilated by 12 year old children from other countries yep <laughs> so i relate to that big time same Awesome. Chris, yep. uh, what was your article for this week? I thought, thought this one was interesting. Uh, Stardew Valley, a pretty chill, laid-back game. Super fun, but not something you got to put a lot of thought into. Um, is hosting a $40,000 grand prize tournament. So all of you good Stardew Valley players, uh, well, it's too late to sign up now, but this weekend, I think, is the Stardew Valley tournament. So this just goes to show that, yes, esports is big. People watch it and like it. And you can turn any game into an esport. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I read about this, too, on a different uh, on a like a different article, but same, you know, the same topic. And it's cool how, kind of how they're doing it. The, um, the guy who's setting it up, he's like a huge he's a pretty popular Twitch streamer. And he one of and Stardew Valley is like one of the main games i think that he streams I, I actually don't know if he's twitch or youtube but um so he's he made a list of like 20 to 30 challenges that like he sent out to all the teams that are competing in it and then i was also going to have like another five or ten that are going to be surprised like day of the tournament and so i believe it's going to take place over like a week or two where they just have to like bust out as many challenges but it's, it's also a team tournament where yes. you're you're doing your community farm and there's four people per farm Mm -hmm. that have to meet these challenges and i think the team gets the forty thousand. so each person gets ten thousand. yeah and it's and you and depending on how hard the challenges are like you get a different amount of points and so whoever whatever team has the most points at the end wins and yeah i think you're right chris it's it's forty thousand split amongst the team members so i've never played stardew valley for our listeners who also haven't what kind of game is it it is like a farming simulator so do you remember way back like farmville like when that was like a huge is that rage. on facebook for a while yeah yeah, yeah okay it's kind of like that but more a little more in depth it's um, like farmville meets an rpg 
yeah it's, so it's like playing game farming farming the the really popular game that like kicked it off was i think it was called harvest moon and that, yeah. that came out for like sega and super nintendo i think um would be like one of the predecessors and, and so stardew valley is like was a newer game but but made very much in like uh kind of like an homage to those games because it's very it has like the 16-bit graphics and yeah. things like that but it's um but you know but the complexity is a little bit more just because there's you know much more we can do now with programming and whatnot so it's a great great game yeah there's tons of like secrets to discover and different you i feel like you could just play it non-stop there's it's not a like a game that ends because the whole goal is like build your farm and harvest everything but then also become friends and i guess date or marry the different villagers and so you can like constantly date marry then divorce and just go to the other villager and see what happens and stuff like that and so you guys play with other people so you so if you're you can i have not i've only played it on i have it on mobile and i've played it just you know it would be the same as playing it offline just a single player okay and same i i have it on switch and i've played it offline i actually i think the online the online capability was like newer to the game like within the past year or two like i think it was a it was like a patch or an add-on that they added i'm not positive on that though sorry you guys might only be on the pc version i'm not sure oh yeah maybe that's it so are you guys gonna watch this i actually probably will check it out a little like pop in and out here and there give you some good tips on your farm Mm -hmm. And, and actually so i played stardew valley a ton like maybe two years ago maybe three years ago and it was very like just it was the time i would spend just to like relax and unwind it was very like zen like and so i do like randomly will pick it up and go back to it every once in a while just if i really feel like i need to like chill out cool so yeah it's a good one all right and then we'll dive into my article so mine was just um we had talked about the diablo 2 resurrected uh beta that happened this week and so uh, my article was really just talking about some of the impressions. Um, the person who who was writing this article really um, just really liked, like, the, he played Diablo 2 when it originally came out, and he loved the new, um, like, the updated graphics, some of the new stuff they put in. Um, he loved the, he played it on a computer. I played mine on console. He loved how you could kind of, you could just easily toggle, like, the old school graphics for Diablo 2. Um, back on if you wanted to or to like keep it to the updated graphics um one of the main reasons that i wanted to talk about this though is like in playing diablo 2 it really made me remember all the stuff i hated about the game and it's like so, <laughs> there's a lot of like there's a lot of just like <clears throat> it's it's not friendly as far as um like quality of life type little things I feel like in it. It, it like modern game just like interfaces yes are easier and like inventory management the one piece i remember i never played it a lot i just played diablo 2 a little bit i dabbled in it and even as far as i got i remember inventory management was already a pain in the butt yep i feel like that was like like 60 percent of the game was just managing your inventory yes. not even about killing things in gear um a hundred chris a hundred percent a hundred percent like i even in the beta, I, I feel like I spent half my time just like managing my inventory and, you know, just constantly moving yeah. equipment around and trying to fix, squeeze everything into those boxes. Yep. 
Okay. And then, God, sorry. Yeah. And then the the other thing too, I remember playing that game. I was like, there's always, the, and maybe it's because I maybe I don't think I was just ever that good at Diablo two. I, I mean, I've beaten the game, but I just I don't know. There's just always this weird difficulty spike for me when I play it from like Act one to Act two, where I just like I'm killing everything no problem, and then all of a sudden in Act two, I'm just dying all the time, and like can't I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, Randy, I know you had, you had played the beta and stuff too, and you had had some questions about Diablo 2. Well, let's hear it, man. Let's yeah, dive let's, into it. let's go to the inventory. So I figured out that you can only have certain things in your inventory. Um, and I figured out that you need a scroll of knowing, I think it was called, or something like that. Scroll of identify. Identify so that I could actually use some of the stuff, but I also have to be a certain level to use it. Mm -hmm. um and then i can unlock spells uh super fan baja that was his favorite game ever um and he wasted most of his 20s playing it Th those were his words not mine yep. so he actually okay. wasn't gonna download it then he did download it and now he's mad he did because what you said pat was essentially <laughs> the same thing uh it's so addicting he said they actually you can look back and read like articles or you know people kind of talked about the psychology behind essentially the, it, it drops items and the item drops and what you're, you know, the psychology behind how addicting it is to keep playing it, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I had problems with, I could use magic sometimes and I couldn't use it other times. Um, and then I had problems with finding, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, you have to go into the first dungeon and I found it perfectly fine when I first played it and then I died and then it sent me back to the town and mm -hmm. I lost all my gold. So then I went back and I couldn't find it again. I went around the entire stage and it was gone. So maybe I'm missing something, but probably because it's the beta, it's bugs. Is that probably it? Oh, or is it me? It's no, no, definitely not user error. Definitely. Um, so yeah, there's a couple things where especially it's it. So it's funny, Randy, hearing you talk about this as like someone who had never played it because it's like stuff I just took for granted because because I I played Diablo to a ton. Mm -hmm. same thing when i you know when i was younger and, and me and my buddies would we'd all play it together um so the maps are procedurally generated so like right when you find a when you find one dungeon one time if you exit the game and come back it's going to be in a different spot the whole map's going to be different and changed so it could have been something like that um okay but if it was still in the same session it should have been in the same place so I, so i don't totally know no no, no this was um, a different session i yeah, turned the so game that, back so that out. was why Okay. Um, the other thing, what was the other thing you said? First Magic. of all, that doesn't make any sense, but go ahead, Pat. I, I don't know how that works. The yeah, world well, just well, changes. Again, yeah. Again, it's, it's one of those things where like, uh, it's, there were a lot of things in playing Diablo two where I was like, man, I really liked Diablo three. And that may be an unpopular opinion, but they just did so many kind of like, uh, again, like quality of life, little things to it that just kind of streamlined the game for me. From Diablo 2 to Diablo 3 and I, I love Diablo 3 a lot more <laughs> in, in being able to play Diablo 2 again. So Baja people, said people hate Diablo 3. He yeah, hated Diablo. Don't like, I like Diablo yeah. 3. Same, okay. I, I, I really liked it. Um, All right. Yes and then so then just some of the magic stuff yeah depending on it, it could have been you could have had some gear that gave you uh, like bonus skill points to certain magic skills and then if you swap that gear out that would, you would not be able to use it anymore. Yeah, so I I've, done, I've made that mistake too. Okay, I had a staff. I could do it, and then I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, what what character class do you play? Uh, sorceress, of course. Okay. Also <laughs> I mean, too, like, magic. 
they're one of the strongest classes, but they're also like one of the hardest to play and like be good at. Oh, like D and D, right? Yeah, same yeah, thing. Kind of should have stuck with the barbarian. That was probably a lot easier. Just hack and slash. Barbarian hack and slash. Button so, smash. So, Randy, it's funny you say that because when I first played Diablo two again, way back when it first came out, I started with a sorceress and I got to a point where I just like couldn't kill anything and couldn't couldn't really even like move on to the game because I kept dying so bad. And so then I went and played Barbarian. That's what I beat the game with. I just like ripped through the whole game playing with the Barbarian. So, so. so Baja talked about that. I guess in this remaster, they're going to let you reset your points or whatever it is. So like he said, if you do it wrong with the Sorceress, for example, and you spread out among the different types of magic, you're not going to do well. So you really yeah. have to like focus. But nobody knew that back in the day. So that and then you just get stuck, like you said. Yeah, and it's not even it's it's even more like you have to just basically pick three, like three or four skills, which yeah. is crazy because like the skill trees in Diablo two are so extensive and so like <laughs> there's so many cool stuff. But to be to like have a strong character, you really only can pick two or three spells, and like that's where all your points go, and it's just kind of I don't know. It, it, it's funny because in modern games you feel like they want you to spread it out in the skill tree they don't want you right. to just follow well, one path well again that's why i like diablo 3 because you just you are you unlock your skills and then you can modify them based on the runes that were in it so it wasn't like you didn't have necessarily have to worry about investing skill points into one and like wasting skills or spreading them out you had like your set your predefined skills and then you could tweak them based on like the gear and stuff that you got which thing, i, I like that thing better. with the thing with Diablo 2 is like it taught it taught a lot of developers where just what you're saying is that in order to for the game for you to progress you only use 10% of what you what they developed so you're missing out on you know 80 to 90% of your character's skills which is 89% of the fun and so right. i think that was a big like learning curve for a lot of developers because that's what you know i that's i know that happened in world of warcraft too where um about the same time they were saying that you know if you are focusing on one specialization in your character then you're missing out on two other ways to play a character that could be fun so that's where a lot of at least blizzard studios start to move into more of that diablo 3 um you know so you can change things up and be more dynamic and you know get everything that each class or character can do i mean it's it's interesting you bring that up because i just read an article on call of duty and the easter eggs in call of duty and they're clearly making it a little bit easier to do the easter eggs as the games go on and they the developers said that they were creating these easter eggs that only like one or two percent of people were ever getting to and finding and spending all this time doing it so it's mm -hmm. like why would it you know we want it to be a little bit Does easier it, so more like economically yeah <laughs> exactly. make it worthwhile so it sounds like it's kind of the godfather problem uh one and two suck and number three was the best okay i think i understand yeah, hot take diablo three rules them all <laughs> yeah. hey the, the cast bringers unpopular opinions diablo three <laughs> better than diablo two Guys, I appreciate you taking this much time to explain it to me. I really wanted to know about it. And that's not me being um, a jerk. I actually really did want to know. Well, so, well, so Randy, at my next question, though, is are you going to buy Diablo 2 when it comes out in September? Definitely. Like, it's funny because I do want to well, keep playing. I guess playing. I'm buying it then. It, it definitely feels. So we can play together, right? Yep. I So I've, I've learned, I've realized in the past couple of weeks playing 
Call of Duty as a team, I'm 100% all in on team games. And I don't think I like like games as much where I have to fight against my friends and other people. Like I love team games. So mm-hmm. if it's a team game, I'm all in. Let's do it. It's more fun. It's like you get to, you know, kind of, I don't know. I just, I've been having a great time with Call of Duty. So is it cross platform? Not positive. I feel like it is. I thought they, I thought I read that it is, but then I feel like every time I read that about a game, they either retract it and say like, Oh, never mind, We don't want to do that. Or, or it's only cross platform for certain right. things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but I feel like I read that it was. But all right, that's going to wrap it up for the multi-strike. Let's dive into the killing blow. <laughs> this week's, which this week's article may have actually got, <laughs> gotten the killing blow. Uh, so the article was sent to us by, you know, back to basic super fan, Nick, executive producer. Uh, and his article was man bitten by neighbors escaped Python while sitting on the toilet. This was a, a guy in Austria, and um, he was a, a 65-year-old man who, uh, you know, was kind of getting through his morning routine shortly after 6 a.m. He, uh, he felt a little pinch in his genital area and then looked down in the toilet and saw a 1.6-meter, which is about a 5-foot albino reticulated python in the bowl. Um, Just hanging out in the toilet bowl? Covered in so, poop now. Guys, I've had so, I've had a, a nine meter thing hanging out in the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, this was the part. The next part, though, is the part. I don't know why this part to me is the craziest. But uh, so the, the it ended up being like this. The snake was the neighbors. He had like eleven different like constricting snakes in his apartment. But so the reptile expert that like was contacted removed the snake cleaned it and returned it to the neighbor like they just gave it back like how are we that thing's gonna taste like, for human human genitalia now you can't you <laughs> yeah. can't be allowed to live right fighting people in the uh in the near the testicles it's a taste for testicles why did they have testicles. to put in there the, why did they have to put in there that he cleaned it well because you, what if you're like, oh, you proper thing to do, Randy. You don't give back a snake that's covered in your own poo. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It's hygienic. We're in a pandemic. So <laughs> what makes this a Cat Springer article? Because it's because it's funny and it's about poop. Okay. <laughs> any, any more <laughs> questions, Randy? Nope. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, <laughs> really. <laughs> well really expanded our standards for articles here okay well the one i was worried about was gonna fit i know will definitely fit next week now (laughs) all right so that's gonna do it for the killing blow now we can move on to one of our newer (laughs) chris 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 actually joking it's a nice little pinch well we'll move on to our newer segment now that's my nerdy friend so on this week's I'll ask my nerdy friend, the question is Yeah, push your glasses up when you say that. Who is Ironheart? So Chris, who's Ironheart? No, no, no. I already gave the answer. So someone asked at work, just guy across the office from me randomly shouts out, Hey, Chris, who's this Ironheart character? <laughs> I want to work where you work, Chris. I don't I don't think you do. Well, Chris, what did <laughs> you, what awesome. did you what did you answer? 
Oh, you mean Riri Williams? She's the uh, the new Iron Man villain. Did she's he say? A... Did he say no? Not Riri. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm leaving. I'm out. <laughs> so yes, Ironheart is Riri Williams. Uh, First uh, appearance in Iron Invincible Iron Man numbers seven, eight, nine, <clears throat> around there. And so she was Iron Man for a little while, right? And then she yes, she Heart. when Tony Stark disappeared, so she built her own art. She's like a child prodigy. I think she's supposed to be like nine or ten, fifteen, maybe a little older. I'm not sure. Um, and she built her own Iron Man armor when she found a piece of Iron Man's armor from battle. And she, uh, what's it called when you figure out how reverse engineered? Yeah, that, she did that. Reverse engineered it and then created her own suit. And so she showed up next to Tony Stark somewhere and he's like, hey, nice armor. You want a job? Yep. I'm Iron Man. She said, I'm Iron Heart. That's it. That's Star it. Was born. All right. All right. Great. We answered we answered the question for yeah, well, ask my nerdy friend. <laughs> but now it's that time for the meat and taters. You think I'm just thinking about this now. There's really no meat in that song. Should this segment just be called "The Time for Potatoes"? Nope, because <laughs> we have meat with it too. It's a stew. <laughs> no, but you're just man. making. He doesn't say boil and mash them, add some meat, and put them in a stew. Well, no, you put the potatoes in the stew with the meat. You got yourself a stew, baby. We ain't had meat for days. For three stinking days. So this week's meat and potatoes, Speaking we're talking of meat for three stinking days. <laughs> this week's meat and potatoes, we're talking about books and movies. More specifically, books that were made into movies. Not movies that were made into books, though, right? Uh, There's always a film adaption book. There, there is. And they usually fill in a lot of plot holes. I know the Star Wars... The most recent stuff relied heavily on reading a bunch of different books. Otherwise, the movie makes zero <laughs> sense. Uh-huh. You really explained Kylo Ren. You probably should have put a lot of this stuff in the book. In the movie. Mm. Nah. Let him, let him read the book. <laughs> All right. But so, again, with, with kind of being on the precipice of Dune coming out in about a month, right? Yeah. Um, but so we, we kind of want to take the opportunity to talk about some of these, uh, some, some really good books that were turned into really good movies and maybe vice versa, some really good books that were turned into not so good movies. Um, so Chris, why don't you kick it off for us, man? Sure. Well, we got, got a list here and now we're focusing mostly on more nerdy, geeky, crass bringer level books turned into movies, uh, like ready player one. Pat, you've always been a huge Ready Player One, made us all read it. Yes, so Ready was Player it, One is one of my favorite books, just because it's a good book. I liked it. It's very enjoyable. 
Now I know I may be full of like unpopular opinions on this episode because I know the movie, uh, it took some liberties with the book, which I think, I mean, it, to be realistic, it was always going to happen that way just because there are so many references and, and stuff in the book. It'd be hard to get licensing for that in a movie. Um, so it, to me, it made sense how they did it with Spielberg kind of just taking a lot of the properties under, uh, I think it was Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers or, or maybe Universal. I think it was Universal. Back to the Future. Who, who owns Back to the Future? Yeah, right. I remember you think drive the DeLorean. That's Universal. Yeah. Um, so like always figured that it would be something like that. So I actually, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the movie was really good. Um, again, it, it was just like, it, it kept the same spirit of the book where it was just light. It was fun. And, and a lot of just, you know, a lot of just cool kind of crossover references that were just fun to see. Um, I, think that's, I think you hit on right there. One of the keys to keeping a book to movie, uh, making it successful is keeping the spirit of the book in your movie. Mm-hmm. Because when... Uh, you and I think also not make sure the director or whoever doesn't take too much creative freedom with it because that's how you will ruin the property or ruin the book. Yes, I agree. I th- yeah, I think you uh, that's a really good point. Um, so yeah, Randy, I, agree. I agree also. I think it's a May, you added Maze Runner to the list. I, I think one of the big issues that I've seen from um, books to movies is the book doesn't fit in a movie, but they try to make it fit into a movie. And that's why I like this new, it seems like we're trying to do more of, hey, if it fits into a show, we'll do it as a show. And I think streaming has really helped because before, you know, if you're going to do a show and it only fit a certain number of episodes, you do a mini series, which People didn't, I don't remember watching miniseries very much as a kid, Um, but now because you could do seven episodes, you could do four episodes if you want to. I think it's a little bit better. Uh, You can make each episode as long as it needs to be. You don't have to make it a half hour or an hour. You can make it 43 minutes because that's where it ends. You don't have to fill time or cut stuff out. Yep, exactly. So like when you talk about Maze Runner, uh, I read the book, uh, super fan, Rob, I remember talking to him about it. He hated the, he couldn't finish the book. He thought the writing was so bad. He quote, threw it down onto his bedroom floor and never picked it up again. Um, and then he had a really, uh, big overdue fine for the library, I guess, but he hated it. I said, when I read that, did you guys read Maze Runner? No. So the writing is, essentially you're just reading each sentence to find out what happened in the next sentence. Like compared to wheel of time, I enjoy reading that. Like I enjoy the writing and how he does it in maze runner. It's just like at fact, fact, fact. Like, it's like, you're just trying to get through to find out what happened. So he does mysteries really well. So I was like, I bet you if this is a movie, it'd be so much better. It'd be awesome. And then the movie came out. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Um, it was definitely geared to seem more towards kids, but I think that's an example of where the movie was better than the book. Um, just because really? the way, yeah, just because it lent itself really nicely to a movie. But didn't that movie do terrible? And they canceled the franchise because of... No, I'm pretty sure they, uh, they, finished, they it. finished it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah. 
the kid got hurt in one of the movies. I forgot what actor it is. But yeah, they finished it. I watched all three. It gets yeah, actually, a little weird, but yeah, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, actually, I think the first movie did really well. Chris, I think the one you're thinking of is this, the second movie. I is think Divergent that, that one? Divergent's another that, book made into a movie. In the Maze Runner series? No. no total, I'm thinking of Divergent, I okay. think. Okay. So Divergent, so I went to, when I went to New York City Comic Con a couple of years ago, I went to a panel of writers and the writer of Divergent was there. Um, and she actually talked about how you get so excited when your book gets chosen to be made into a movie and then you watch the movie and you're like, this is not the book I wrote. Um, so she really alluded to and pretty much said, all right, she did not like the movie and you realize you don't have a lot of say. Mm -hmm. um, it was so interesting. It was fascinating uh, hearing her talk. But yeah, she pretty much talked about that. But I thought they came out with a couple of the movies, like Allegiant, maybe. I, I think that's when they came out with the two and then they stopped because it wasn't doing, doing well. too well okay. or they moved them to like straight to DVD release. Yeah, I think it went like straight because I know they for both Maze Runner and the Divergent series, they finished them. Like they finished the trilogy books mm -hmm. or whatever but right but chris i think you're right i think for divergent it went right to like straight to home theater or on demand or whatever yeah well i, I guess that brings us into hunger games what do you guys think about that uh i i so the hunger games books i loved the first two books i absolutely hated mocking what is it, mocking jay the third book i yeah. i just i hated that book um and so the movies uh were very much the same i liked the first two i didn't hate the 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 because they split mockingjay into two movies mm -hmm. um and that was the case where i thought the movies were better than the book just because i think i just hated the book so much at the what time didn't you like about that third book was it the end Everything. or like the character <laughs> the plot the character developments the like writing style the it just it I think just in general, to me, it didn't fit with what the other two books were doing. I totally get that. It, there was a big shift. It, it's almost like it got too big. The world got too big for her to get her message across. Yeah. Well, and there was, I think what broke, so I guess I know the book's super old, but spoiler alert anyway, I guess, because we'll talk about what, it, like when, uh, when she killed off Prim, yeah. that was where i was just like this makes no sense like from like a to me anyway from like a literary standpoint of like and i think how prim died that didn't make sense yeah. like it a decision, sense. character decision wise when you find out super spoiler when you find out it was their own self-attack to frame the bad guys right. like that, it's just all... oh, i agree with that that's not doesn't seem like something that they would do Right. I totally agree too. I remember reading it being it seeming convoluted. Like I wasn't even mm. sure what had happened, thinking it may be a fake out. Um, and then the end of it's not like a I mean, you're not looking for a happy ending necessarily, but it was just a very depressing it, ending. I remember it? the movie left me feeling like that too. Yeah. So if you're looking at the quality of the remake from the book to the movie, it nailed it because it left <laughs> me with the same feeling, but I just don't like that feeling. I, that was it. I think the movie like it just conveyed everything a little bit better like so i did i actually did think the movie was better than the book for that one specific book mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know just uh, ugh, i'm getting all mad now just thinking about it again 
I, I liked the movies better um, because the book is written in first person, right? Yep. I'm not a huge first. I'm realizing I'm not a huge first person book fan. Um, so with the, and the, the one cool thing I thought about the movies was it was one of those times where because it's first person, you only see Katniss's um, point of view, but in the movies, you get to see other people's point of views, what's happening outside of her view um, and I thought that was kind of cool. Like uh, I forgot, you know, the the president or whatever his name was. You get to kind of see some behind the scenes of him in the movie, which you don't get from the book. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, does that bring us into one of the most famous young adult series? Yeah, let's go. Harry Potter. Harry. Harry Potter. <laughs> Wizard Harry. So, Randy, right, moving you- on. What's the <laughs> Randy, you you had mentioned you had some thoughts on on Harry Potter books at books into movies. I don't know, just the movies. I'm not totally sure. Right. Yeah, quick history of Harry Potter. I didn't read book one or two. I had to read book three at Geneseo for one of the literary teaching classes. Um, so I read that as Caban. I think that's when it came out. And then I just read the rest of them. Uh, awesome. Loved them as they went on. I thought each book got better and better almost. The movie for Azkaban, I hated. I thought they did a horrible job with it. I thought the, whatever the production or the directing, something was really off with it. It seemed really dark and like the special effects seemed weird. I thought they left so much out of the book, which they had to, cause it was a movie, but like t- way too much out of the book. I absolutely hated it. Randy, it's funny you say that because uh, so my wife, Jamie, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is her favorite book. Like, Sirius Black is, like, her favorite character. And she ha- feels the exact same way. Yes! She, she was, like... Validation. Because, again, like, that's her favorite. It's her favorite book in the series. And, like, so many of her favorite characters, like, it's their first appearance in that book. And then in the movie, they just... Uh, I've never read the books. I've only seen the movies. They just, like... Uh, I, yeah, I guess like leave a bunch of details out, or just, but like cool details and things that just kind of add. Yeah. And, and that's one of the the issues I had with the Harry Potter movies. I, mm-hmm. I I liked all the books I read. I think I started at book three. I started reading them when the first movie came out. I picked up whatever the book was that was out right at that time. So I think it was three because I read Prisoner of Azkaban. And um, the same i kind of have the same feelings they're all well done in good movies but harry potter has so much little detail that it's you can't get them into the movies how she just because she's such a great author where she just paints this beautiful world with all these details and secrets and magical things that you can't i think as the movies progressed they got better because each movie advanced the technology for them to put more in the movie um, but also if you put everything in, it would just blow up your budget because there's so much to get in and so many different characters that she has. But I also was, I was reading an article also that one of the things that makes Harry Potter such a great translation to movies is the author's writing style where it really, because she's so descriptive and because she, she paints such a visual picture in her writing it makes the transition to a movie that much smoother for the filmmakers. Whereas from what it sounds like you, like when you're talking about Maze Runner, 
that doesn't translate as easily because the author doesn't write full, not write for a movie, but write in a way that the movie people can easily translate it. Does yeah, that make no, sense? That make, yeah, it doesn't translate sense. well because it's not easily translatable. Yes, that makes perfect sense. logic. Yeah, well, or even too, it's it. It could even be like right with with J.K. Rowling being so descriptive as like a movie. If you're if you're writing a screenplay for that, you can't really interpret it any other way than how she's describing it because it's so descriptive. Mm-hmm. Where right, like yeah. for Maze Runner, if he's just talking about the facts, he's really just outlining the story. And then as a screenplay writer, like I can interpret however I want for yeah. like what things could look like or what it's gonna you know like set design or or whatever. And then you know that leads into producers and you know movie producers meddling and and how you know hollywoodizing it or whatever and turning it into something that it wasn't originally yeah so we did so rob and i did go to the harry potter a paul museum in england and it was the best museum i've ever seen in my life it was so cool the movie museum um but you see how much effort and what work and all the detail that went into some of these sets it, it's I think, insane I think the other thing with harry potter too is there's so many super fans out there and everyone seemed to just once you read it you just fell in love with this world so people want to do a good job because they're fans randy that that museum is not in london it's in orlando it's called the wizard wizarding <laughs> world of harry potter i haven't been there but i've heard that's yeah. cool it's amazing they the museum the train, they have they have hogwarts they have uh or the wand place right yep yep i got my wand from there so they so, they have uh the other what is it diagon alley it's awesome mm-hmm. it's crazy it's your butterbeer yes the butterbeer is delicious well, they we do just have went, i remember we went we went on the roller coaster on the way out they have cream butter beer and regular butter beer or something like that so we got one of each and i gave my wife whatever one she wanted she took one sip and said i can't drink this i feel terrible from the roller coaster and let me tell you i won that day both kinds of butter <laughs> beer one right down sorry honey <laughs> oh you poor sorry, thing honey. anything i can do to help you <laughs> 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 uh, yeah so i guess overall I did like the movies as they went on and I just expected, I think what you guys are saying too, is you just don't have enough time in a movie. Like if you're going to put it all in, it's going to be like a six hour movie. So just, you know, you got to leave some stuff out, but as they went on, I thought they were good. Um, well, you just, you just go Peter Jackson style and make your movies three hours long and it's fine. All right. Let's talk split, about split Lord of the Rings two sessions of three hours. <laughs> yeah. You guys like that segue. Boom. Perfect. What do you guys think? Will you want to do oh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings or separate? It's probably I'll, I'll, the Hobbit left a bad taste in my mouth. I didn't think the Hobbit was that bad. Yeah, I thought mm. it was all right. I mean, it wasn't as good as as the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. movies, but they weren't bad. They so were... the Hobbit didn't need to be three movies, right? I mean, I remember reading the book in seventh grade, and I loved the book, and I only watched the first movie. But it seemed like they put a lot of dwarf dinner <laughs> scene into that one. <laughs> there was a significant dwarf dinner scene um I mean, again yeah i thought the movies were good i love i mean benedict cumberbatch's smog was awesome i loved it what about the lord of the rings movies oh they're the they're the gold standard right gold standard for books in the movie so sure. i'll tell you and this happens with a lot of movies that i see but especially 
books that are made into movies. I will. I loved Lord of the Rings. I thought they were very well done. But then I watched like some of the special features and how they film certain shots, and you can like see like the film crew and how they're setting up. That always ruins the movie for me because then when I see that scene in the movie, all I think about is, oh, that's where the cameras are, and they're hidden here, and this is where this person <laughs> is behind that tree. I don't like it anymore. It like takes me out of it. So I watched, I think I almost watched too many of the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes. <laughs> so now the movie's ruined for me because I, all I see is how they're filming the movie and I don't get sucked into the world anymore. That, that is such an insane stance to take. You love the movies. Don't get me wrong, I like the movies. He he loved them too much. I think that's what he's going (laughs) on. It's not the movies, it's me. It's not (laughs) them, it's me. Too too much love. (laughs) Like that one scene when uh, uh, Liv Tyler is riding her horse in through the pine trees to like get back to, I think she's trying to get back to Riverdale with um, Frodo after he was stabbed. Mm -hmm. I just remember watching that scene and like them showing all the cameras swooping in and the horses following and like making the plans of which way the horses go and how the orcs go. And I remember like Peter Jackson is just talking to the giant orc guy who's chasing him <laughs> and like telling him what to do. And so now whenever I see that scene, I just see Peter Jackson hanging out with the orc. <laughs> telling the go cameras here, go where there. to go. That's so I know which orc you're talking about. Yes. Is it Steve? Steve the Urukai? Steve, Steve the Urukai. <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm gonna throw out a few other like we'll finish up with these young adult ones ender's game um i know love ender's game yeah what did you so i thought the book was good Uh, i love the book the book was was another one i just really really liked movie i never saw the movie the movie was i i thought it was a book that i really wanted to see the movie of and i really liked the movie i don't know i know it didn't did get too. great reviews but i love the movie i it, it yeah it does um a i thought the movie was um pretty faithful to the book like i like they did a pretty close adap- adaptation to it i thought mm-hmm. um and yeah the the movie was good i feel like it just I'm, I'd be. I wonder, what, like, what else was out when it came out? Like, I wonder if it just ran into a juggernaut, like a Marvel movie or yeah. something, and just like didn't do well. Because it, I don't know. It's it is a good movie. Like, I don't. There's nothing. I feel like wrong. it was definitely mistimed, and it like, came out of nowhere. Like, oh, yeah. they're finally making Ender's Game. Like, first of all, this should have been done ten years ago. And second of all, who did anyone ask for it? <laughs> I mean, like, I, it, it, it like didn't have like a maybe it was poor marketing but it like, didn't have as much of a push or as much of a presence when it came out yeah, yeah. i mean yeah that that is true i could yeah so but i i enjoyed the book and the movie i thought they were both very well done mm-hmm. um and then maybe we move into some stephen king what you guys think about some of his Let's, movies can we skip <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> books were better we'll just say that books are um, almost except for maybe it i don't know those which one were... the mo- the original or the new one or both 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 pretty good did you yeah. read it no i never read it but the movie yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, 
probably the same as the movie, right? Well, the books of the Dark Tower were definitely better than the movie. Oh my because God. the movie didn't even get picked up. I, I could not understand how, when did that come out last year? How in this day and age, you could screw that movie up so bad. From what I heard, I didn't even see the movie. I, I've read parts of the Dark Tower. I read the, the comic book conversion of it, but it was a, an amazing story. And I think they, they didn't keep the spirit of the books right. They not took too many liberties. And I think they they might have tried to cram yep. the first two parts of the dark tower into one movie and it didn't work i don't know but you have idris elba he yeah. was awesome so like, they so i read the book before the movie came out and then i watched the movie that's exactly what happened chris that book should be a tv show should be like a mm-hmm. 10 episode show season like they should because- sign it for streaming and which I think they were planning on doing at some point, and yes, then they canceled it, right? Yeah, and and that movie was just probably because the movie awful. did so bad. It was it was a or was horrible it movie? Didn't even make sense with the book. You like, just they can't make much. Stephen King movies, except for Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> or Angry Mile. Angry Mile, or Seasons. All right, you can't make horror. Oh, but Dark Tower is not <laughs> horror. Yeah. You can't make fantasy Stephen King. You can't. Um, it has to be uh, non-fiction or fictional non-fiction. What? You got it. Next book. <laughs> I want to talk about his dark materials real quick. Um, so I read the books, uh, watched the first movie. Horrible. Golden, Golden Compass, right? Yeah, the Golden Compass. Again, Golden. it was too much. So yeah, it was too much for a movie. I love the actors that they got. I thought the, you know, the people they got to play things were great. The show is so much better. I didn't finish it cause I lost HBO, but the show is actually doing, and the show is mixing in like the second book with the first one, which is actually done well. It's like a cool idea. Um, so I think they're doing a much better job with that. And it go, again, it does. It goes back to what Chris has been saying all along like that. The golden compass movie, I felt like did not keep the spirit of the book. Like yeah. it just, it really didn't keep the spirit of anything. It was, I feel like it was just, we got all these A-list actors in this movie. We're yeah. just throwing them on screen. With like <laughs> these stuff A-list up. actors in a CGI polar bear. Let's go yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah. right. let's, let's do it. Yep. Agreed. So what do you, so what do you guys think? I, let's go into some sci-fi and then that can bring us into like Dune and Foundation. What do you think yeah. some of the sci-fi like, um, I, I think I think of Philip K. Dick and Isaac Asimov, like iRobot, Minority Report, mm-hmm. like some of these things. Minority Report is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like it, it is, I shouldn't say of all time, but it is, it is like a, I don't know, it's a very, very good, and I think underrated movie. That, that movie is so good. Um, hey, see, I haven't read enough Philip K. Dick to really get the translation. I think his movies are very nicely translated in, or his books are nicely translated into movies. But I don't know, I can't tell you if the adaptation is faithful because. I've never really read the books. So I, I took a, like at Geneseo college, they have, they had, Oh, you went to Geneseo? I did. I did. (laughs) They had those INTD courses, like they're like weird random topics that you had to like take. Um, So the one I took was, it was on like 
uh, Greek mythology like modernized. And so then like the for the final like two weeks of the class, it was we just watched Minority Report, but he 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 did it as the interpretation what? of of a, a modern retelling of Oedipus and like how it basically retold the story of Oedipus and like all these like connections to it. It was really interesting and cool and it just made me love the movie like even more. And you paid four thousand dollars to learn that. Well, I didn't pay it. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I took my IMDD course was metaphysics and movies. So <laughs> I think I learned even less, but it was an it was an awesome course. We watched Run Lola Run. We talked about Terminator 2. We talked it was just all science fiction movies. It was crazy. Sounds awesome. I yeah. don't think that course. I'll take um, that course now. My INTD course was freshman writing seminar or something. Uh, wow, wow. Yeah. Good job, dummy. <laughs> uh, I've read a bunch of Philip K. Dick. His writing is crazy. Like he references things that he's made up that he doesn't explain. Ubik's a great example of that. So you're reading it and you're like, I should I know what these words mean? Should I know what he's talking about? But you you shouldn't. And he kind of gets along with it. Um, but Isaac Asimov is probably one of my favorite writers of all time. I love the book. I robot. I think it was a book. I robot. It had like robot mm-hmm. stories in it, like mm-hmm. a robot um, chronicles kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I guys, unpopular opinion. I loved the movie. I Will loved Smith, it. Will Smith oh, joint. God. I actually, I think it's a fun movie. It's not faithful to the book, but it's a it's a fun movie. Yeah, not faithful at all. Uh, I watched Except it for by my. The Three Laws of Robot. Yeah, I I watched it by myself. It was the only movie I'd gone to by myself at the time in New York City. I didn't know anybody else. I was living there for six weeks, and I walked out of there so pumped. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait till robots are real. This is awesome." What? Uh, That's what you took away from that movie. I love the the main character robot was just so likable. I don't I don't know. I thought he was. The other ones. I don't don't worry about. They only because when the red light turns on, you got to run away. That's all I remember uh okay so what do you think brings us into what are you guys thinking about the new dune the new foundation i do want to get your guys thoughts before we go into that on another sci-fi movie and i think we kind of talked about it last week or maybe it was a couple weeks ago uh the time machine with guy pierce uh because that is that's a movie that is considered to be like not very good um i love that movie (laughs) i I really (laughs) like guy pierce he was in Memento. Did you know that, Pat? <laughs> I, he, he's I, in Memento. Someone um, told me that once. And so I like, I, since Memento, and you know, a huge Christopher Nolan hound, <laughs> huge Guy oh. Pierce hound. Oh. So I thought the time machine was good. Apparently, I read today when I was doing some research for the show, apparently my opinion is the unpopular one because <laughs> people hate that movie. Yes. Uh, I I mean, I think the thing is, it one isn't a great book to turn into a movie because the like the book is interesting, but it is like long and boring. And so I think that's just kind of what happened in the movie. It turned the movie that into one that was kind of long and at times boring. Yeah, I never read the book or watched the movie, so I don't know. I can't can't answer that. I've never been a huge H.G. Wells fan, though. Have you guys read a lot of his books? I've read Time Machine and uh, War of the Worlds. 
Oh, which one? Twenty thousand leagues. Okay. I think I how we're both how is twenty thousand leagues was that a good book? Yeah, it's interesting. It's okay. I don't know. It, it's good. He, I, I mean, he's got some a long time ago. I was in junior high when I read that. So I caught the original one, which is like made in the fifties, I think. Or am I thinking of the right one? No, I'm thinking of a different movie, The War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. No, right? you know what? I'm getting it confused. Twenty Thousand Leagues was Jules Verne, not H.G. Wells. Yeah, that's true. The uh, Wells the, did Doctor Moreau, Invisible Man, War of the Worlds. Randomly, just just read Journey to the Center of the Earth, around <laughs> the world, and about eyes. the island of Doctor Moreau and how, uh, like how, uh, what's his name, who's in it, who played Doctor Moreau, um, a super famous actor. What's his name? John Goodman. Yep, John Goodman. Marlon Brando. Yes, Brando. Yeah. How he had just like kind of phoned it in for that movie and just like how the movie was so bad, but it was uh it was another shoot, this is a terrible story, but just how like the, the other <laughs> one of the going. one of the unders on the, the right movie, podcast. At the time, one of the actors who would become a super famous actor, like was just like, I'm just so happy to be in a movie with Marlon Brando, even though like I'm just like this like crappy part in this movie is like everyone knew like this movie's terrible it's gonna do wasn't that james mcavoy right before he burned oblivion (laughs) yeah i think that was it oblivion great movie one of my favorites (laughs) oh god wait james mcavoy just watched oblivion forever that's why i don't know why you love tom cruise burn that disc that is one of my favorite movies but we'll talk about that really Oh my god, I love that movie. We gotta, we gotta save that for a podcast. If you could watch Oblivion or The Cube, which one would you watch? Oblivion. I went to Oblivion what? with super fan Johnny, who's not a super fan or nerdy into anything. And after we left, he's like, "That movie should have been called Oblivious because I have no idea what happened." <laughs> it was a little confusing. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. Where, what, what do you guys think though? Are you excited for Dune? Are you excited for? Some of these new ones coming out, Foundation. I'm super excited for Dune. Um, I don't know if I've been this excited for a movie since uh, I, any Marvel movie, but other than that. I I am also very excited for Dune. I've never read Dune. I know there's something about Spice, but other than that, I don't really know much about this, the plot. So I'm excited to learn what, what the hell it's all about. I, I made it halfway through the book. Um, then I forgot where I left off and the bookmark <laughs> fell out. So I'm going to watch the movie, hopefully figure out what happened in it. Me and Randy are in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, it was a good book, though. It was a really good book up until that point. Especially the quality of the uh, the book itself, like the paper and the binding that ruined the story for you. The bookmark <laughs> yeah. couldn't stay in. <laughs> Trouble with bookmarks. Mm-hmm. I. I'm I'm curious about Lord of the Rings. They're obviously got that greenlit because of Game of Thrones. And we didn't talk about Game of Thrones. I guess that's more of a book to TV show, but yeah. I'm cu- really yeah, interested. All five seasons that they made were great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really curious to see how Lord of the Rings is going to be. Yeah. I, I'm just worried about <sighs> Lord of the Rings. Like, again, did anyone ask for this? Right. I know why they're making it because Game of Thrones was great, but I, Lord of the Rings and the Wheel of Time series, I'm both like, I like the properties so much. I don't, I hope they do them justice and keep, the, like we say, keep the spirit of the property. 
I don't know. I, I trust the streaming services, I think, more than like a like a movie sci-fi studio network. Like, <laughs> like a, more than like a movie studio to do it, you know, just because at least like the, I don't know, the streaming services to me have a really good track record of making hey, quality shows. And, and don't knock sci-fi network. I've said it before on this podcast, the sci-fi network ad- adaptation of Dune was awesome <laughs> i want to watch that so bad for it for what it was at the time it was so good we should have before dune comes out we should have a viewing party i'm in do we now do we watch the original movie dune also that movie <laughs> is a pile of steaming garbage in my opinion <laughs> i get that i always get that confused with flash gordon because i feel like they had similar <laughs> like <laughs> craziness maybe i don't know um i so amazon's doing wheel of time the only the only thing i like about wheel of time more is they've never done it so mm-hmm. that'll be cool to see yeah that. the only thing about the amazon lord of the rings though is no one's ever done this no one really knows a lot about this you could basically fill in whatever gaps you want because they're kind know. of adapting like the some some so malarian so yeah. Malarian. okay which yeah and like the, the it's the story of in the uh the tolkien estate has a like a, a lot of oversee of what they're doing supposedly so they've had to approve everything so they're making sure they're keeping like Tolkien's work at the forefront and following you know his frameworks at least but they still have a lot of freedom to do what they want which could be really good but also really bad yeah I uh, also I was like I was kind of excited, not as excited for Foundation, uh, until they just released the trailer, and then that just it just got me pumped because it does look really good now. So I'm excited again. It, Foundation's got some great actors, and I think that that's just one of those things that seemed to lend itself to being really cool. If they do the and it's Apple, so the special effects are probably gonna be awesome. Yeah, and the ideas are cool, but. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, foundation is kind of like based on that thing where it's like you've got these centralized ideas and then you can go free with it. And I'm guessing they're going to kind of work some freedom into there, not stick directly to the books. Yeah. And it does seem a little bit, at least based on the trailer, that they are, um, again, just having like just kind of those visuals of some of the and, and getting visual detail of some of the stuff that he just kind of talked about quickly. Um, is going to be cool yeah so i'm excited um so last thing i'd like i don't know if we want to wrap up here but i one book that you guys would like to see turn into a movie or show that you haven't heard anything about yet like you don't know there there's no word that they're going to do it but you'd love to see it i'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit that we've talked about many times on this podcast the red rising series they've Oh, yeah. like the rumors and stuff about it being turned into a series or something but then it's been silent for well like probably like a year and a half now maybe even a little more um so yeah that would be the one that i want i want to see turned into i think i would hope it would be turned into a series more than a movie like i think a, a movie or even like a trilogy I, I think it would very much run the risk of being condensed too much and like just not wouldn't end up not being that great Whereas if it was like a, a streaming service series or something like that, I think it would be much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that for sure. That one I'm, I would love to see too. Chris, you still thinking? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I probably I would have said Wheel of Time, but that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the books I've read that I can remember, they've made movies of already. Yeah, or they're at least I guess the one I, Wool. I don't even remember the mm. the name of the author. Uh, um, it's with an H, I think. It's about living in a silo. silo. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all I'll say because there's a lot of development past that. Hugh Howie in the silo, yeah. um, and why they're there, and you know whatever. I've I've looked at, after I read it. I checked. They had bought. I mean, he had sold the rights to the movie, but I don't know if it's in development at all. Um, Andy, how about you? For me, Sandman was number one, so I'm insanely excited about that. It's not a book, that's though. Good. That's a comic. That is a comic. So book would be Hyperion. Um, did so I know uh, that's also a comic by Marvel. Okay, so this is a book by uh, Dan Simmons. Uh, we've not really talked about it on here. It's one of my favorite sci-fi books. It's one of the craziest books I've ever read in my life. Throwing it out there, uh, Mullet read it also, but I don't know anybody else that's read it to talk to about. Hyperion. But it is insane. Hyperion. Yeah. I've gotten halfway through it and then and I bookmark fell out. It kind of <laughs> well so halfway but through I like it. so it's it's split into tales and halfway through is the poet's tale, which was my least favorite of them. So if you can make it past them, but the first one, part the one was awesome. It, what that might have been one of the coolest stories like it was just it, it could have been a book by itself and yet that was just one part of like a six-part book and i um, and i do think where i stopped reading i had just finished the poet's tale so the scholars after that and the scholar's tale is also awesome okay. um it's like a mix of like every sci-fi genre you could think of and i know there's more books after it but it's it's not an easy read i remember it's kind of confusing uh, especially as you get farther in it, but it's awesome. I don't know how they do it as a movie, but it'd be cool. I think it. And, and Chris, uh, so I, I Googled it. Rebecca Ferguson to star in series adaptation of Wool at Apple. Oh, oh really? Written, written in May 20th, 2021. So fairly recent too. Nice. So Apple's, Apple's getting Wool. So I never finished Wool, Chris, but it was good. That's a trilogy, was- right? It's a trilogy. I read the, yeah. I read Wool. I read like the first two chapters of part two, but then I wasn't in a reading mind frame. So yeah. I just put it down and never picked it back up. Wool was, I'm trying to remember. It was good, but it was, I didn't read it well. I would read like two or three chapters a week. And you start so to look just, at it was too happened. choppy for me, but that's my own fault. Yeah, that's how I read it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I think my other one would be the Dragonlance Chronicles. I would love to see it's it's a cartoon movie, but I love those characters so much. I'd love to see that as an actual live action at some point. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our show this week. We do not actually have a D&D character of the week. That was my fault. I kind of dropped the ball on that. So we will... The uh, D&D character of the week is a bard named Pringler. Pringler? Who's, <laughs> what race? He's human. 
Okay. He wears glasses. Mm. Okay. He his one of his he's a bard with a juggling specialization, but he drops the balls a lot. <laughs> Does he have a, a reticulated albino python with him? Yeah. <laughs> that tries to bite the balls. T- <laughs> taste tasticles. He's also a half mage. He can shoot tasticles out of his staff. But you have to say it when you throw it, right? Like like a lightning bolt. Tasticles, tasticles. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Easy. D D character of the week. If you want to play Sprinkler. Sprinkler. <laughs> your next uh, your next session, you know, do it up. He also loves aggling at the, with the shopkeepers. <laughs> I still think about that article from last week. I thought about it just about every day this, this week. What the hell? Oh, our fake article who just yes. everyone trying to talk about how how to spend the money. <laughs> Loved it. All right. We also have to on the fly get some recommendations for play, watch, read. Play Marvel Future Revolution. Everyone join our alliance. All right, Death Chris. Springers, Warthog Express. Chris is covering the play. Play Marvel Future Revolutions on mobile. Do we, do we still have Twitter? We do. Are we tweeting things out still? We are not. Okay. If we want to, I just found an article that I think would be my read recommendation. It came out August 12th. So pretty recently, 15 great sci-fi books to read before they become TV shows. Um, so crazy enough, Hyperion is on here. Wool is on here. Uh, so maybe we tweet that out and uh, read the read the article. I'm it's into it. Cool. Yeah. And lastly, we can watch watch all the cool trailers we talked about. The Foundation trailer, uh, the Spider-Man um, No Way Home trailer. Um, what were the, some of the other the trailers? trailer out a few times. I watched, watched it the Doom trailer almost again. daily. The new um, Eternals trailer, I think, right, came the out. The new Eternals trailer. Ghostbusters cool trailer. Ghostbusters. Yep. All of them. Check them all out, guys. All the trailers are great. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Again, Feel free to tweet at us in our semi-non-active Twitter account at Seabringers. Um, also, Castbringers Insta is back up and running. Also, check out Castbringers Insta. We oh, read Giant Sword Club. Yeah, that's my read yep, recommendation. New, some some new issues of Giant Sword Club are dropping. Um, and as always, if you want to have an idea for an article or any input, feedback, anything you want to give us, feel free to email us, castbringers at gmail.com. That's going to do it, though, for this week's episode. We will always keep on casting. Castanets, you keep listening. Are we done? Oh, hey, Randy. Hey, Chris. I don't have. Knock, knock. Who's there? Banana? Banana who? What? Banana who? Mac, Mac. No, 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 because I remember a couple weeks ago I cut off too soon, so now I'm going to let this one run really long because I'm sure there's a good ending joke here.
Great payoff. Whenever you want to end it, Chris, I'm ready. So I got, I got bad news today. We we need to get a new roof. Is this a joke or is this a <laughs> I hope it's a joke. But then, uh, so I called the roofer, and it ended up I went to high school with him. And so we were talking about when he could do it. He said he'd come out right away, and uh, it's okay. He's gonna do it for free. It's on the house. Oh, there's a. I think you could have went into something about like he. You ask him out, and he's like, "It's fine because I'm shingle." <laughs> well, isn't that the name of the? Isn't that the name of the D and D character of the week? No, well, that's Bringler. Shingler. Bringler is a roofer bard. Shingler, who's shingle. Bringler and shingler. You, you never have to pay for anything with them because they're on the house. I, oh, you know what? I knew if I kept a recording, the payoff would be great. 